I think the unsexy answer there is that it really comes down to understanding who you're for and also who you're not for. Rue, start the show! I'm Beatrice, your badass branding strategy girl, and welcome to the Art of Branding Badassery Podcast. Rue expects your best branding game. You don't want to miss out on 95% of your audience, do you? Heck yeah, today we're talking about on-brand messaging for game-changing offers. And we've got on board a world-roaming entrepreneur who's recently hit the top 50 LinkedIn creator worldwide in sales and marketing. He's a fellow tattoo and gym enthusiast who's all about content, building cool stuff, and helping as many like-minded experts in the process. Meet the extraordinary Jesse Van Brubel. Thank you for joining. Well, that's a very interesting and exciting introduction. Also, thanks for properly pronouncing my very Dutch surname. It's always a challenge. I, I had the same exactly. thing with Pascal as well when she came on and I was like, okay, let's 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 get this right. <laughs> so yeah. we Dutch people we have a very interesting way of saying certain letters. Something similar to German, I can imagine. A lot of people look at my last name and they're like, what how do i pronounce it yeah exactly (laughs) so i'm curious how did you get into tattoos and being as passionate in the gym as you are oh that's uh i would say uh we can spend an hour on that uh but i would say in terms of tattoos i was always uh i would say interested by tattooed people Mm -hmm. i I got my first tattoo when i was like 18 or 19 so i would say that's the first tattoo i kind of want to replace right now uh but especially the last uh, the last six months I've been busy with like filling up my arm and filling up my leg. So now it's just like, okay, I, I'm back into the flow. I think I spent like uh, over a hundred hours this year. So uh, it's a, it's a healthy, uh, healthy addiction slash obsession. And mm-hmm. I think it's just like a, like a good way of like expressing or like just, I don't know, decorating the body that we've given. And so is Jim. Like uh, yeah. I used to be a very skinny, skinny kid. I'm not that tall. Uh, compared to like most Dutch people, we're like the, the second tallest uh, people in the world, but not me. I'm like 168. So at some point I was like, okay, I need to get less skinny. So let's go to the gym. And that's 12 years back. And uh, yeah, that's become my, my mental outlet. My, one of my few hobbies, hobbies, it's yeah. like working or working out. Uh, so it's either like being on my laptop or, or, or sleeping or eating or training. Yeah, I mean, I definitely find like it gives you a lot of clarity. And you just wrapped up a year of traveling through Costa Rica, Colombia. I know so many of us dream to travel while running our businesses. How have you found bouncing coaching, content creation, jet setting? Like, what was your biggest surprise there? Yeah, so... A little bit backside or the backside story. So I always loved traveling. Uh, mm. I always like found really like a lot of interest in exploring other cultures, but also meeting people from not my own culture. So little side side quests there. Like in primary school, like some of my best friends back then were like Turkish people because I was just fascinated by other cultures. So when I was like 23, 24, I had some of my first solo travels to South America. Yeah. Uh, and then by, I would say by accident, I rolled, rolled into this digital nomad uh, adventure, like early 2021, uh, because we had like a global event, uh, locking, locking everyone up in their rooms. I was like, 
I can A, stay in my room and work as a solopreneur, or I can just say F it and just go someplace else. And I figured out that Costa Rica was one of the few places that was open back then. I found a co-working spot on the ocean, at the Pacific Ocean. And I was like, I literally looked at the map. I was like, how bad could it be compared to depressing Amsterdam? I was like, see you soon. So I booked like a one-way ticket. And two weeks later, I was walking on the beach. And I was like, this might be a very good decision. And uh, that just got me into like two and a half years of like traveling around, uh, meeting amazing people. Uh, this, I would say just finding different like home bases worldwide. Uh, yeah. So I kind of like replaced like the backpack life for now suitcase life. So I don't see myself anymore as like digital nomad, but more of like expat slash world traveler or just like, I want, where do I want to go? Where do I want to work from? Let's go there. What are the main things that you consider for each place when you're, mm-hmm. when you're picking and choosing? Yeah. So I've got like a, like a set of criteria for myself, like 10 to 15 criteria. I'm based on like the phase of life. I mean, the more important. So currently I would say, uh, like access to like-minded people is important. Uh, like mm. good com- uh, connectivity is important. Like, uh, not as much like let's say na- nature things or like spirituality aspects which in the past have been like more important mm-hmm. so based on that i i rate a place so like the last time i did this i did that it was like between costa rica bali uh medellin and amsterdam i ended up in medellin for six months this was in the beginning of this year till like a month and a half ago because based on what I needed at that point in life. Like I was looking for a more entrepreneurial community around me, but I also want to have like the Latino or Latina vibes in terms of like, like the pace of life, which I really enjoy. So I picked that spot. So that's how I'm currently, because I've, I quickly found out that like every place is kind of perfect. Depends yeah. on what you're looking at. Like you can be all like in the super flow in a, like a small village in, in Holland, if you just need solid solitude and, nature around but if you need like city vibes and social activity but not much more like inspirational things you can thrive somewhere else so i just have this this list for myself that every time that i want to like relocate i just align it with okay what are the the main priorities i have at this moment what is the place that brings me closer to my quarterly goals or my year goals and based Mm -hmm. on that i can make a more mindful and strategic decision Wow, that is incredible. I would definitely not mind to have a look at that list. Um, So flipping the script, your headline on LinkedIn is better offer, better content, better clients, catching. Okay, I'm making the sound effect, but (laughs) that's what I assume is the dollars. It's like a brand alchemy equation um care to share a game-changing tip or strategy you found for getting um better brand messaging or getting messaging on brand mm-hmm. yeah that's a that's a very big question but of course that's the reason why we're here today and i think the unsexy answer there is that it really comes down to understanding who you're for and also who you're not for mm. so i've been in the in the content creation game for three and a half years now the number of pivots i made is is endless but so is that of the people that are ahead of me like the, the big creators i learned from and that i look up to we're constantly pivoting but the moment you find something of your, your direction you get okay this is direction and then i can pivot along that way but I think in terms of like 
positioning and having like on brand messaging and offers for your ideal client. It's just like figuring out a lot of things. Like it's just like the unsexy answer of like trying more content, but really getting clear on, okay, what is the problem I'm solving for who? Like, and who is this? Like, what kind of assets do, do these people need to have in place? Like, where are they in life? How do they look? What are the things that they tried? All these, like, unsexy, like, questions we ask ourselves in terms of, like, our positioning. Mm-hmm. And the more we have that, the more clarity we have on that, the better content we can create, the better offers we can create. Uh, but it always bottles, like, I always bottled this down for myself and the, the people that I work with. It's like, okay, what is the problem we're solving? Like with content, like one piece of content is solving a specific problem. Let let's say, like a few days ago, I posted a big carousel on LinkedIn profile optimization. Mm-hmm. That solves the problem of of I don't know how to optimize my LinkedIn profile. Today I'm posting about I think something about around like lead gen and how a client of mine did something. Things I'm solving the problem that people are doing a certain thing. It doesn't work. How can they bridge the gap? And the same with our offers. Like, what is the one problem your offer solves? For example, templates I've got out there, they solve the problem of, like, I don't know what to write about. Here's the problem. So it's always bridging from problem to solution, whatever we do. So I think that's, like, the core uh, of, like, having on-brand messaging uh, in terms of our offers, our content, etc. Hex, yeah. And... So what if you want to balance your personality in there? How would you add in having that unique personality while also leaving competitors eating your digital dust? To answer that question, I was like thinking a little bit like I'm reflecting back on my writing journey. So like I said earlier, I started writing like three and a half years ago. Yeah. And back then I was already pretty pretty early in that game i was uh, comfortable with like sharing personal things like challenges insights breakthroughs rock bottoms all these things so for me it became almost like natural and i i quickly saw as like okay the more i can share about my story then the more i invite my audience to connect with me but also share things with me because i can't expect them to open up and tell me about what's wrong or not good in their life if i don't do the same like i can't sit in my ivory tower and expect my audience to here jesse help you help us with this if i don't do that myself so that's i think a belief that i picked up pretty early on Uh, and i still do this throughout my content because if you would look at my content people start to see that as like they they read the uh align certain elements with my brand and vice versa because everyone can read or write about LinkedIn lead generation, but no one can do it as me. And the same way as like, everyone can work with my clients, but no one can do it as me. So I think at some point it just becomes like having this confidence of like tapping into your, your personality there and just like your unique way of saying things instead of trying to sound like anyone else out there. Exactly. And I can imagine, you know, especially being as interested in tattoos and gym as you are, do you, integrate that into your your posts or your content to make it your je ne sais quoi, yeah, special bit of you? Yeah, I would say definitely. Uh, there are phases that I do it more on purpose than other phases uh, mm. because I know it's, it's a filter. Like people that are, I would say, afraid for people with tattoos, they won't end up working with me because they think I'm an asshole or whatever. The people yeah. that are more into that so are leaning forward or people that 
like I, in the beginning, I, I spoke more about like the digital nomad lifestyle. Yeah. I know that uh, scares people away that are more from a corporate background. Like, oh, I, the, 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 the coach I'm, work, I'm, I'm hiring needs to have like suit and tie or tie and suit and be in an office from nine to five, et cetera. While the other people are more like, hey, I resonate with the lifestyle Jesse lives. Okay, let's see if we can work together. So I quickly saw that again, like infusing and integrating my personal story into my content attracts more people like myself or people that are aligned with certain core values. And it scares away the people that are not. And that's fine because I'm not trying to be perfect to everyone. And one of the favorite things that I learned from my business mentor is that he picks clients based on like, of course, multiple criteria, but one of the criteria is, can I drink a beer with this person or, and you can swap out beer with coffee or just, but same for me, like I want to have fun with the people I work with because I know them, you come in this good momentum. And if I enjoy spending time with you, we can just have fun together while getting kick-ass results. And I think that that's that start with just presenting who you are and like building this persona of who you are as closely as you can through like reality instead of like trying to build a persona which is perhaps not you some people thrive by that by having their off- offline and online persona split but mm-hmm. i choose to okay how can i just build how can i be most of myself and authentic like through the content that i create exactly and you know at the end of the day having that split persona is uh, not sustainable right so people get a shock when they they meet you in real life and you're not what they see or have been building up to be it three months six months etc of them looking at your content them looking at how you present yourself online so it's really interesting so speaking of mistakes what are some mistakes that you've seen people do almost every day in the content and sales game i wouldn't necessarily see people or say that pe- other people make them because I think I've made I'm, I've made all the mistakes so far that are there, but that's how we how we learn, right? Yeah. Um, I think to again to to keep it more personal, uh, the the mistakes I've made and I see others doing as or making as well is more like a shiny object syndrome in terms of like products slash offerings slash services. So in the beginning, I was like, okay, I need to build this thing or this thing or do this service and this service. So example there, like last year, August, I by accident picked up ghostwriting clients because I was like, oh, it's aligned with what I'm doing in terms of like the one-on-one coaching turned out to be like a completely different like business model. So I ended up with a few ghostwriting clients and then at some point I was like, okay, uh, I don't know what to do. And that ended or that, that resulted in that end of March. I said goodbye to two of my biggest retainer clients because I was like, yes, it's money, but it's a distraction from my bigger purpose. That was scary as first, but then March became my biggest month in business ever so far. So I was like, okay, at least the universe there got my back and supported me in that decision. But I think I see that with like a lot of creators doing that, hopping from project to offering to service, et cetera, et cetera, constantly like trying to make something else work. And this Mm. is still, this is also advice to myself because I think I became more mature in whether or not to pursue an op- opportunity or not. But still, sometimes I'm like, hmm, I think this is a distraction. So I then I have to like course correct. And I think the other biggest mistake, which again is, is an easier one to solve, is not consistency. Because the number of people that I've seen rise to the top, relative top, of course, 
uh, and just fall out of, of stage in the last three and a half years is insane. Like people that were like top of the game and now I'm like, not, I can't even remember their names because they stopped yeah. posting, they stopped being, or the, perhaps they pursued, uh, pursued, pursued something else in life or they just stopped creating content. So the, 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 the saying that I can repeat to myself is like, I, I borrowed this slash stole this from Alex Hermosis, like you can't lose if you don't quit. And that's how I approach like the content game and the entrepreneur game, because I'm like, Hey, the goal is the goal for today is not stop because some days just suck. So then we just have to keep going, keep going. And then overnight I ended up, as you said, in the beginning of this talk as like a top 50 creator in the sales and marketing category. And I'm like, that's kind of cool. But that's a result of like not stopping and just put in the reps, put in the reps, put in the reps. And I think to tie into that is like people see are, I think too much focus on like content as the outcome, whereas the content is the output and the outcome is you build a brand. So it's like the content is like stepping stones to build a brand, to build an audience, to build a following, to build that asset. And content is just the stepping stones to you to get there, like putting in the reps. The same with the gym. That's why I love so much like comparing like gym with entrepreneurship because you don't bench press 200 pounds overnight. You get there by doing the unsexy work for really long when no one is working, when you don't see the outcome, et cetera, et cetera. And the same is like with the content game. And it's interesting, the, the link as well with the gym where at least I've found when you're working out for a while and then you plateau before you start growing again. And I find like that does happen a lot with the content journey or the business journey. What do you think? Oh, yes, 100%. Uh, and that's why like gym and like entrepreneurship are so aligned with me for myself. Because again, like this, this plateaus or like the, those days are like, yeah, they're, they're, they suck. Some days you don't want to train. You don't want to do the work. But I, I think I made the goal for myself really clear. It's like the goal is not the outcome, but the goal is the output. So I can't control like the result of my training, but I can control that I go to the training or to go to the gym. And the same with business. Like you don't want to write the post or you don't want to do the outreach or you don't want to optimize your offers, all these things. But you care about, okay, I need to get the client. Well, you get the client by doing work. Yeah. You get the body by doing the reps and by going to the gym. So then in that case, would you say you're a hustle bro? A hustle bro? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I've never heard that term. I would say I, I would say a, a gym bro back in the days, like a with the stringers and, like the, and like, the, like, like the way shakes. Uh, not as much anymore. But a hustle bro, like, yeah, perhaps if the, if the definition is like, okay, you just put in the work and, and get to the outcome and to the result, then I think, yeah. Hex, yeah. So <laughs> there's one question that I ask everybody that comes on board here. And that question is, what is the biggest societal norm that you want to push back on and teach others about in, in general? Mm -hmm. The biggest societal norm that I would like to push back on, and I think what I've been doing since I was like, early 20 is that you should live life by a certain like step-by-step -step or a certain blueprint i think from an early age like or like i said like early early 20s or perhaps like late late teens i already had this like inner resistance against like okay at 24 you have to be this at 25 you have to be this at 26 you have to be this and at 30 you have to be or get or xyz fill in the blanks 
of course, it's a little bit like culturally different. Like I'm from Europe, so there's perhaps a different like time frame than people in the US. But I think we can all relate to this societal pressure. Um, so yeah, when I quit my job at 27, I ended up, I ended my, uh, or I said goodbye to my apartment, etc. Like, of course, you're going against the stream. So I think that's what the last three years, I'm 30 now, has been like the evolution in that like before it was kind of like ah what will society think of me because by according to the standards i'm a failure like i dropped out of uni i did complete like a like a bachelor's but ended up ended a few jobs etc don't have an own house i live out of my suitcase all these things at 30 don't have kids (laughs) but i'm like (laughs) fuck that because i'm building my path because i know five years from now where it will be or 10 years from now will be and and that's something that i would say i push back on in like a more mindful way like before i was perhaps like young and let's say stupid more stupid then i'm like i was kind of like convincing others of my beliefs and now it's much more like hey you got yours i got mine if you want to talk we can talk but i'm not going to convince you about something i believe vice versa like you do you i do me um but it's interesting for me so i've got like three younger brothers and they're all like more in like the traditional path so it's interesting for me to just witness that, like, uh, and not to judge in terms of like, okay, perhaps that's their part because they look at me, they're like, hey, I can't do what you do. I'm like, well, I can do what you do. And it's good for society. There were people like this, and we have people like this because if everyone would be an entrepreneur and like solopreneur, different things will happen. If then would everyone would be in a corporate job and not building things. Exactly. Definitely. There, there needs to be something for everyone, right? We can't all fit into the same box. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we won't be different friends. Well, thank you again for joining, Jesse. How can people reach you? Yes. So I made it a bit easier for people to, uh, to find me, especially on LinkedIn, because as we said in the beginning of this talk, my surname is hard to pronounce. So if people type in the first name, Jesse, and they follow the purple dot, they will always find my, or not always, sorry, that's an exaggeration, but hopefully they will find my name. So Jesse van Bruegel on YouTube, on LinkedIn, on Twitter. Uh, and if people want to learn more about like how my courses or my cohorts work or my newsletter, they can go to premiumleadsystem.com. I write a lot about LinkedIn lead generation through email. Uh, and hopefully I can help people get better at social selling through LinkedIn, through content. Freaking love that. Thank you so much. And those details will also be in the episode description and drop the questions, any questions you'd like answered about this show in the comments. And of course, stay badass.